It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you on Monday, April 27th. I'm your host, Josh Guessman. Uh, once again, within our uh, quarantine studios, I'm at home. Uh, Kevin, the Panda Baxter, is also at home. We have a great show coming up. Just a couple minutes to be joined by uh, LA Galaxy General Manager Dennis DeClosa. Uh, we recorded that interview a little bit earlier, so you want to stick around for that because that's going to be uh, a really good one. Um, and then we'll also have just a little bit of a talk uh, that we want to get to on a whole bunch of things. But uh, before we get to uh, to that, Kevin, uh, just how are you doing, buddy? I mean, I know you've been taking pictures of rocks again, so I'm, I'm starting to worry about your sanity. Yeah, those rocks came right out of my head. Actually, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but they're not, in addition to not being any soccer, there are no sports at all right now. And so that means there's no sports section and nothing for sports writers to do. So I've been uh, filling in over on the Metro section. If you think I know nothing about soccer, I would agree with you, but I really know nothing about anything else. So I wrote a story about mental health and the quarantine, which was fun because, uh, you know, I didn't know anything about that. Then I went to the beach Sunday, uh, Saturday in Ventura County to see people come back to the beach. Um, that was interesting. So um, if you guys are tired of reading about me trying to f- write a news story, you need to get soccer back. I promise I'll go back to the stadium and stay away from those other stories. Yeah, I was going to say, people are going to be begging you to write about soccer uh, here pretty yeah, soon, exactly. which is uh, the complete opposite. Maybe that's the positive for you out of this whole coronavirus thing there, Kevin, is people actually want to see you write about soccer. Well, they want to see soccer played. And if that means I have to write about it, that's sort of the price they have to pay. I was going to say it's a side effect of uh, of, of soccer exactly. and, uh, and and it coming back. Well, um, yeah, I, I would say that uh, for me, it's been uh, it, I finally started to hit sort of my breaking point of getting out of the house. So we've been trying to take regular walks uh, a little bit more um, on on a regular basis. Um, so we've been uh, we've been doing that. So it's been nice. It was uh, it was really hot over the weekend, and I don't have air conditioning here at this house, which we've talked about uh, I think before. You have a fan. Um, you have a fan. I, I do. Somebody bought a fan. <laughs> The backs, the panda fan. Uh, we had the panda fan roaring uh, this weekend, um, so we were trying to get through that. And obviously, with a four-month-old, we were uh, we were we, we were having fun with that. So we made it. It was okay. Let me ask you a quarantine question because you're right about the exercise. I mean, I've seen a lot of people out here exercising that, that I, I normally don't see. Taking walks, running, biking, people going out with families, and it's all good. It all looks good. Um, but I'm wondering, are you? Of the feeling that people are going to gain weight during this quarantine, and when it ends, they're going to they're going to have a few pounds to lose. Or you think people maybe have lost a few pounds with the, after, uh, the extra exercise? I think that the people on Instagram who are posting all their workouts and their food that they're eating and doing all that stuff are probably in pretty good shape. Uh, for me, the only thing that apparently was controlling my waistband was the distance from the fridge I normally am. Uh, when I'm at the office, I don't eat. Uh, whenever I'm here, I just get hungry. I'm like, hey, there's food downstairs, so I'll go. Um, I will say that Josh is now back up to his pre-weight rowing. Uh, you remember rowing, Josh lost about 20, 25 pounds. I think Josh is now with baby and then quarantine on the end of baby, just whenever I was getting starting to get back to working out. I think we have uh, pre-rowing Josh is uh, is back. The pato has, oh. has po- uh, packed on the pounds a little bit. Well, yeah, I took a walk last night with Mrs. Panda. We actually we needed to get motivated for a walk, so there was a shopping cart near our neighborhood, and we actually 
pushed it back to the market about a mile away. That was our excuse to go out and take a walk, and then we added a bunch onto that. But, I mean, that's how stir-crazy we are. We're taking shopping carts back to the market now. Uh, I, I understand that. Well, um, that's a, a little update on us and how we're doing. But really, the whole point of this episode, Kevin, is to get to uh, Dennis DeClosa and find out what the L.A. Galaxy general manager has been up to. Uh, so, like we said, recorded a little bit earlier today. Here is our interview with L.A. Galaxy GM Dennis DeClosa. All right, now we have a uh, wonderful interview lined up for you, uh, lined up for us today. The general manager of the LA Galaxy, Mr. Dennis DeClosa, is on the line, and we can't wait to talk to him. We know there's a lot of stuff going on with the LA Galaxy, and who better to hear it from than uh, Dennis himself? So please welcome back to the show, his second appearance on the show of Corner Galaxy, uh, Mr. Dennis DeClosa. Dennis, thanks for uh, stopping by. We appreciate it. Hi, how are you? Good to see you, even. It's on a very uh, modern platform, and like everything's being done at the moment with conference calls. Good to see you. It's good to see you too, Dennis. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a strange new world where all of our interactions seem to be uh, with television screens in front of us. I guess I guess it's good that the technology is here. Um, but certainly, you know, obviously, there's a global pandemic going on. Um, you were playing soccer. You're not playing soccer anymore. So, uh, how abruptly did everything just sort of shut down for the LA Galaxy? And 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 what was that first couple of days like? I mean, it, it seemed like you were just hours away from getting on the plane to go, head to Miami. Yeah, I thought I thought it was very like a strange awareness that that uh, it ended up being like Monday and Tuesday still planning for the trip to Miami with some uncertainty and with some idea that uh, should is this really good for a lot of people in the stadium should families come out should, there's there there were th- different things I think being discussed but not in a way that oh okay the the trip is going to be canceled and now this is going to take for months or even a long time to get back to real life or normal life and and i remember that like even a day before we traveled i thought we sh- we were about to travel on a thursday a day before we actually formally said okay yeah i think this is a little bit too much and too far now let's uh let's cancel formally and then yeah little by little obviously awareness comes but it, 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 even the the initial decision not to go or not to travel or not to take any family members to the stadium wasn't like a heavy discussion it was actually pretty well, let's see what happens and now it's obviously yeah settled in yeah Dennis, I, I was me, gonna say go ahead kevin uh, Dennis, let me ask you i um by the way anyone who hasn't checked out dennis's instagram page you should really do that it's great pictures of his family and stuff all sheltered at home and and making uh, good use of their their new newfound family time but Dennis, i wanted to ask you in the last week the dutch league has shut down uh, it looks like the Argentine League is going to shut down or formally announced they're shutting down on Tuesday. These are leagues that you and the Galaxy coaching staff have a lot of familiarity with. And I'm wondering, the MLS is still sort of, they've got a date of June 8th. It doesn't look like they're going to hit that. It doesn't look like they're really serious about that. Do you feel an urgency when you look at what's going on in other parts of the world? Do you feel an urgency to set a date, to have a goal, or do you think it's too soon to do that? Well, there, there's a little bit of a difference here in between those countries and, and our situation, uh, Holland, Argentina, uh, Mexico also, for example, uh, that their seasons, they end normally in May, June. And the urgency um, with, with sponsorship and TV income, it's geared towards the, their yearly budgets, which end 
probably now for most of the leagues in the world in, in May, June. So for them, um, and based on, on TV money, for example, which is a big player, obviously, in this discussion, I, I see that, for example, in Germany, England, uh, even the, the discussion in, in Spain, that it, it gets very, very near to the end of their seasons. And that makes it a heavy decision in between, obviously, the integrity and then the health of the players or, or high, high financial costs. Uh, in our case, it is somewhat different. Um, I've been actively speaking to some people in, in Liga MX, like, for example, last week, because there's a lot going on also with their development, second tier league and, and things that, that I would just want to keep an eye on. And uh, they're seven... Uh, playing rounds out of playoffs and then there's quarter semis and finals so for them there's actually 10 days that they need to figure out when to schedule that in and then they need to start the new season for us being realistic and now hopefully and don't maybe not getting too excited but if you see in the, in the entire country which is also a challenge to this whole conversation I think a country like Holland is pretty easy to control. If you drive an hour and a half and you take a wrong exit, you're in another country. Here <laughs> you have to f- here you have to fly six hours around the country and then you're still in the same country. And that makes it very, very hard to schedule and uh, generalize like what is like the common consent of, of doing something or coming back to individualized training, group training and friendly games preseason and, and and a season that's in that order, I think. And there's difference, I think. One is the date, which is very, very difficult for us. Our player contracts end the end of the year. Our, I would guess that most of the business side would also is, is season-related and it would be till the end of the year. Uh, TV contracts, things like that. Here it's a different story because obviously a lot of income from the teams come from ticket revenue. So there's a few issues that that sets us apart and, and makes it a very difficult, different and difficult discussion, to be honest. You, you know, Dennis, you have the uh, the the NBA saying that it looks like in, in areas where they can and where the, the stay at home or, or sort of the shelter in place orders have been lifted, they say they're going to start allowing some training to go back in into those areas. Um, do you think MLS is also going to sort of follow along in that same style, which is in areas where they've started relaxing some of these restrictions? Uh, Texas is obviously one of the larger ones, uh, some different MLS teams there. Um, do you think that that's something that the MLS is also going to be looking at to do it on an individual basis and not, as you say, you know, a countrywide basis? Yeah, the difficulty is is to structure or, or schedule or, or even... Uh, create a plan countrywide because our situation is far different from Atlanta, Florida, um, even Seattle closer by, probably Kansas, Minnesota, and and obviously New York. So for 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 a, a league initiative and a, and obviously a league like ours with with franchises in in all kinds of parts of the of this uh, country. It makes it challenging. Uh, now, the initial discussion for big leagues like the NBA to, to start thinking about activity more than for us to say, OK, we'll follow that. It just gives us a little bit probably of hope and guidance that there is some idea that, that there needs to be some thinking and starting process of, of, of opening up uh, activities. I think 
the communication with MLS and with their executives and how they structure the communication week by week basis on league level, on, for example, my level with, with the entire uh, general manager group has been very positive. And actually the, the time now, has, I think, has been fruitful in a way that, that the teams have communicated very well. The communication with the league has been very well. Um, I think there's been even subjects that have been left on the shelf for a long time that now are being discussed and that's all positive now to go to a next step and and I think it's safety and and integrity of players and staff first before there is no clear idea on how that can be uh, well guaranteed and not forget the fans and, and everybody else which is the most important component of this whole story. Do you worry about losing momentum I and mean, this is the 25th anniversary season you guys not a great start but you had chicharito pavon was playing really well the league seemed to be uh, uh, grabbing more attention than it had at any time in its history which is probably understandable since it was you know again a big a big anniversary season do you fear that maybe mls has lost ground it won't be able to regain or do you expect to start right where you left off well, I think, uh, and, and it's always a little bit in MLS, your roster is something like a, like a work under construction. You can put a big yellow sign on my door. It's like under construction always. But uh, I thought that our preseason was positive. Uh, I thought our um, the incorporation of obviously a big void that, that Ibra leaves with, with Javier and with some other uh, players that were added to the, to the mix, like Sasha Clift and like Alex Katai. Uh, Danilo with an unfortunate injury, but Insua obviously a player that that for sure in his position is is a is a good player. Um, we had a very positive, I think, start with some of the younger players from the second team trying to catch on to the first team. And honestly, I thought we had a bad game at home. The second game, the first one, I think we just missed a few opportunities. Could have been better, but it needs sometimes that a little bit of time also that the puzzle really fits and, and, and it's not forced into putting the puzzle pieces into a, into a, in, into its place. It needs a little bit of time to grow. It needs a little bit of time to adapt. Uh, in case, for example, of, of Javier, uh, which is probably one of the questions, I think he just needs to adapt uh, a little bit to the team and the team needs to adapt to him. And that needs time and it needs games and it needs training sessions. Now, uh, we can discuss a whole long period about what would have happened or what if this or what if that. No, we're standing still, everybody's still in motion to see how we can even open up. So the next uh, steps forward, when we're closer to that, we'll take care of how we can adapt and how we can form as a group and, and everything else. I think roster-wise, uh, I thought it was a positive start of the year. And it's in a very important year, 25 years of history, while... Uh, the Galaxy have been obviously uh, the more important team in this entire history through their uh, historical successes. So I think this is a very important year. Uh, it is a shame that with everything that goes on, that obviously, I don't know if it's the right English word, but it undersnows a little bit the momentum. Uh, it's directly translated from Dutch. And, <laughs> uh, so I don't know if that works. But it's it is a little. I, I understand. I hope you understand. It's it's, it's right. Just, yeah, yes. And the moment that we live is just beyond the important of of discussing 
little things and and as you know and i don't know uh, but it's it's like soccer is is one of the most important things of of the least important things at the moment to be honest Right, right. No, that, that I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, you talk about this team that, that hasn't really come together yet and hasn't had the time to, to fully mesh together and, you know, two games into the season and, and through a, a quick preseason, certainly understandable of that. Um, but, you know, the soccer wheels don't stop turning um, and there's still a transfer window, apparently, that is going to happen, you know, this summer. Um, how do you even start to take a look at what could possibly happen this summer with the transfer window or how do you even keep an eye on people who normally you'd be out watching playing games i mean how do you how do you write the transfer window during a pandemic handbook uh, during this time uh there well, Dennis? yeah it's a good question and and to be honest i think the, the best thing is just to control uh the things that that you can really control there's obviously impossible to scout players or their current state of 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 play uh, so we've we've gone through all the lists and players that we had initially scouted even from last year to see where they're at and what have been their their recent their most recent uh, numbers and stats um, and we went a little bit deeper with assigning tasks to the to the technical staff to look at certain uh, Olympic tournaments that recently have been played uh, youth tournaments just to get a little bit more peop- more players and, and options on the board and have a bigger depth chart. Now, this is very challenging because uh, normally you can have a very good and clear idea of what the value is of a player or, or within the negotiation you'll get a clear idea. But I don't think anybody has still seen or even understands the impact of what's happening to us today on a possible transfer market. I've heard stories about a player from... Uh, PSV that uh, was offered a certain amount of money in January, uh, starting player for uh, in their midfield, and it was a decent amount of money. And the offer that's being done now is about 65 to 70 percent less of what in January was offered. And actually, PSV is, is actively thinking about maybe taking the offer. So I don't know if that is maybe. Uh, the guideline that we have to follow or, or but it's one of probably many cases that will come up getting closer to a transfer deadline because for what I understand the deadlines are going to be respected and there's discussion about a third transfer window and there's a whole bunch of discussion. I think everybody these days starts off the day with Zoom and they end the day with Zoom or Skype or FaceTime but it's so many right. uh, uh, real discussions on what what goes on but you don't know until you get there and the moment that we get there will will take a uh, very big importance uh, the state of everybody's healthy and in financial um, yeah, bank account will be a very big step obviously and to take in account uh, and i think the most logical Common sensing would say that everybody, everything is standing still. Hopefully, and as soon as possible, everything for fans, players, staff, and and is as 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 well taken care of as possible, so we can get back to normal activity. And then there's things on how we evaluate the market and how we value certain transfers. I don't think that a transfer that we might have done in January has the same value now in the upcoming transfer window or the even the the winter transfer window. Dennis, when you and I spoke earlier this month, you talked about normally you would be traveling uh, uh, all the time now, and, and you're not. You're getting to spend time home 
with your wife and your three kids. Um, there's the smile. I've seen the pictures. It looks like you're, I mean, I know you're working hard and I know you'd rather be at the office, but you seem to be making uh, good use of your newfound family time. Are you enjoying that? Yes. I've, I've, um, as you know, I've, I've worked a long time in, in Mexico and, uh, mainly the last, I would say from 2011, when I started in working in the Federation up until 2018, six, seven years. Have been high intensity travel, not travel that uh, is is frequent, but long periods because there's a lot of events, and the events normally for qualifiers, uh, FIFA, both Concacaf, they take t- two, three, four weeks, and that is pretty intensive. I wouldn't change it for the world, the experience, to be honest, but at some point it obviously st- starts to wear a little bit on you, and. The travel within MLS is uh, a little bit better to schedule because you know your game schedule. I try to travel with the team I, or maybe a day later if, if something comes up or a meeting or whatever. But I, I honestly enjoy traveling with them. I think it's uh, for the players and, and for everybody involved important that, that front office executives are engaged, are close to the team. If there's something that we can improve upon. We're the first ones to know and i've done that the entire season last year and i was planning and i am planning to do it for this year um then there's a lot of uh, uh traveling for scouting or or certain players that is a little bit less easy to schedule but we we've obviously also for budgetary reasons we've we've penned out a, an annual uh, schedule where we divide tasks in between me and between coaching staff in between academy people that I can trust for a scouting trip or Jovan Kirovsky, for example, who does a whole lot of uh, scouting. Yeah, it, it sounds like it's a, it, it's, you know, a, a, maybe a little bit welcomed. I, I know uh, my time at home has been a little bit welcomed sometimes, but also, uh, you know, you're still sort of itching to, itching to get back. And, you know, I think we all have that itch uh, to watch live soccer again and uh, whoever yeah, gets back uh, there first. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make a last comment. Just I don't want to interrupt you, but I think everybody, like the first two weeks, was pretty excited to say, "Okay, oh yeah, I'm <laughs> gonna do my garage," and I have I have like 15 seasons of 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 soccer gear in boxes and bags. Let me figure it out. See what if I can donate something, and if I can give something, and if I can send friends something. Okay, so that was the second day. The third day, okay, now we have a lot of issues that we wanted to do. So the kids and whatever, and then there was a whole bunch. So the first two weeks, and there's enormous, like, positive Instagram posts, and everybody is, like, trying to cheer each other up, and there's funny movies. Then the third week, it was like, what the hell am I doing here all day long? And then the fourth week... I'm gonna if I don't go for a run or a bike ride, I'm gonna run into a wall, literally. And I think now we're a little bit more settled because I think everybody has schedules. Um, we try to leave the kids here uh, a little bit more free and and don't want to be on on top of them all day. So you can be on your phone, you can be do this, you can do that. They now have their online schooling I, on both schools. My kids go to it's middle school and elementary school. Uh, they do a very good job here locally. Uh, and and honestly, my my respect to the teachers and and everybody that's setting that up. And but we also have a little boy who's four, and he really needs attention. So that is interesting. So I do most of the work. I get up very early, to be honest. Also with the East Coast um, schedule of of New York with the MLS office, you can actually 
if you want, you can do as from six o'clock. They're very active, to be honest. And uh, so I do that in the morning. Then, to be honest, I've, I never eat at home. I have, in Mexico, it was impossible because of traffic and, and the time to get home and whatever. And here it's just different, the time frame and everything we do at the stadium. We, we've had a busy year, to be honest, and it's not something like, oh, I'd like to throw it out. But there's a lot of hours that went into to last year's season and this year's season. And I must say, I do enjoy eating with my family. I really enjoy cooking also. And it, uh, it's a little bit rusty, though, after so many years. <laughs> if we get out of this thing, <laughs> cooking... Cooking will be okay. Uh, I was going to say, what's the classic? Uh, classic. Exercise, so, but that is yeah. what it is. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the what's the classic Dennis DeClosa um, go to meal that uh, that you like to make? Well, today was a special one because it's a holiday in in Holland, so we made something that's typically Dutch. But normally, and I must say, my wife does a good job, so it's in between something that the kids like, so it can't be too fancy and too crazy. Uh, <laughs> We try to pick up or hopefully twice a week, uh, pick up some food here locally also with the idea to support some of the restaurants we normally go to, um, either Friday or Saturday. And then a good recipe, I think, is the spaghetti that we make. The, we had pasta last week with mushrooms, uh, went out on the internet. Uh, <laughs> at some point you get also what the hell am I just now posting food on the internet am I now stupid <laughs> I think I think we're all sort of there Dennis I don't I don't think uh, I don't think you're alone on that one I have I have one more question uh, I just want to get to and then Kevin I'll let you uh, close with any questions that you have um, you know the the Christian Pavone uh, interest in, in whether the galaxy are going to buy him now I know you talked with Kevin about it and Kevin came on this podcast and and talked about that. I just, if you can clear up at all, the people are going to actually see your face uh, and the words coming out of your mouth. And sometimes, whenever we relay what people say, they don't believe us. Um, so, so with Christian Pavone, and and it seems like there's an option for the LA Galaxy to buy, I believe by June 30th. If I'm wrong, you can correct me. Um, so, what's his current status, and and what is the Galaxy's current thinking with with him? Well, we have an option to buy actually at the end of the year, which uh, makes it. I think a little bit going to your earlier question where we stand in, in transfer market and upcoming transfers uh, in a position that, that we would like to, st- obviously we like Christian, that I don't think anybody denies that, but uh, our, our, fir- our current state or the current state within, I think everybody's club within MLS is very, very important to take in account. Uh, we have the, the time to assess. We would like to get back to... Uh, training, preseason, and games before we even go in those questions in a more formal setting we have until the end of the year. And uh, maybe in a normal situation, we would have been anticipating a decision by now. Uh, but I think now also to, to really uh, be uh, aware of, obviously, the finances of the club, of our ownership, and, and in general where MLS stands, I think we need to be very respectful and, and take a little bit of our time and, and see where it goes. Dennis, my last question, you could take, you could spend two hours answering this and, and so please don't do that. Just give us a, a brief answer, but 
you are one of the the, the best known uh, developers of young players. You have a real reputation for doing that. And now we're going, we're losing the development academy and MLS is going to be taking a much larger role, it seems, with their academies. Just the short answer, is this, uh, because people are trying to figure out, is this a good thing or a bad thing? It looked like the development academy system was broken and you guys have some real structure and the Galaxy have a great academy. Is this a good thing? Yeah, first of all, I think at the Galaxy, and not not only last year, I think it's been built out uh, and it's grown to a point uh, with a lot of good people involved over the years. And, and uh, I think it would be very unfair to say that the current people in, in place deserve all the credit because uh, players like Efrain Alvarez and uh, in lesser fashion, but Julian Araujo, uh, Jonathan Perez, Cameron Dunbar, Eric Lopez, they're all players that uh, a lot of people and a lot of effort and a lot of energy and a lot of investment has gone into. Uh, youth development in general is a costly hobby. It's something that obviously needs to be uh, well organized with the right protocols and with the right processes, with the right people and with the right structure. And part of the right structure is the right competition structure. Uh, like we already discussed here, the difficulties to even come up with an opinion on something makes it hard because the country is so big. Uh, one of the, the one of the difficulties in probably in the in the former DA setup was the the stretch and the and the travel system. So in a new world, in new world after uh, after our, our coronavirus experience, obviously, I think the things that everybody, including us, will be more aware of are, are being more cost effective because everybody is uh, obviously financially um, uh, influenced on, on, in a negative way. Uh, I think the travel will be a whole different thing where, where clubs and where uh, parents and young players and and us as responsible people will be very aware of and, and, and I wouldn't say worried because it's a negative word, but you need to structure it in the right way because you're dealing with minor players and now to travel a lot under these circumstances is a big responsibility. And then your competition structure. I always thought from the outside, uh, looking at, at the American competition structure, that there is um, big room to grow. To be honest, I think one of the things that have, I think they do a lot of things in the right way in, in Mexico, not everything, but one of the things that they do very well has been their youth competition structures. And for me, in charge of the youth national teams, it gave me always like a, a peace of mind that when they were, the kids were not in camp with us, uh, they would have very, very competitive games over the weekend. And I, I'm a true believer of developing through order, discipline, structure, like everything I mentioned, good people, people that are devoted to the, the youth game. But it also has something to do with the competition they play in. And they, they really improve based on the level of competition. And I always was a little bit... Uh, and I saw it actually in, in person when we had Mexican-American players competing for the Mexican national team that the Mexican players, based on their competition structure, develop much further and quicker. And in areas where here in the United States, they only start developing or they only start to gain awareness when they are on the second team or on the first team, where the competition is obviously of a high standard and where they have to go 
beyond their capacity to, to, to catch up, which is sometimes part of the development of young players. You have to go a little bit beyond your capacity to, to stretch your abilities and, and to develop. You have to put yourself or basically we have to put our players in difficult and, and tough circumstances. One of the things that, for example, we did in Mexico is analyze what was their tournament schedule and where we're working through. Now, if at some point you know that there's going to be a World Cup in Qatar, you have to have young players that might have an opportunity to play in Qatar years ahead already start to put in Qatar. So now here, if you put that picture a little bit through MLS and you focus on where we have here, so if you want to have our players playing in MLS, you have to run them up against MLS teams and as much as you can. Now, I think there is uh, a difference in the area where we are specifically centered, which is Southern California. And all my respect to a lot of teams that are in DA and are in this area, because I think they're highly competitive. And I think this area is something specific and we're trying to work through things. And we shouldn't alienate ourselves. We shouldn't be, we should be inclusive. We should even, and I think even after a period that we've gone through now, we should be supportive of, of everybody that, that needs support. But uh, I, I'm a firm uh, believer that, that the level of competition marks the level of the development of the players. Thanks well, a lot. Uh, yeah. Appreciate your I, I was going to say. Uh, uh, Josh no, no. and I will be over for, for some spaghetti in a little bit, right, Josh? We're heading over there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, I right. Can, that's right. I can do it by UPS or so. Or whatever. <laughs> I am a pretty ex I'm, I'm expert now on conference calls, uh, internet buying and receiving, uh, sanitizing things. <laughs> a Playing whole other skill set, Dennis. Away. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's completely different. Coming out of a new man out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, De Dennis, we want to thank you for coming on. We know you're busy uh, and certainly uh, taking a little time away from the family there. But thanks for coming on. And uh, hopefully we look forward to having you on again where you can tell us that we're all getting back to normal and we can watch some soccer. So uh, we'll look forward to that. Yeah, and hopefully it'll be soon. Thanks, <laughs> Dennis. Good. I, know the, I, I know the fans appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. No, no, everything uh, for what I can support. And, and you know that if I try to uh, give some insight, it, it's always as much as I can. And and, um, and to be honest, the fans and for what I've experienced the last year in, in the Galaxy, it's been very unique and, and uh, we miss them a lot. And, and to be honest, I hope to see them out as soon as possible because they're, uh, they're true fans. Yeah, thanks a lot. certainly is. All right. there, goes, uh, there goes Dennis DeClosa. Dennis, thanks so much. All right, uh, a great interview there with Dennis DeClosa, Kevin. Well, um, you, you, I was going to say, you talk to him on a more regular basis than I get to, although I've had my interactions with him. I mean, that's classic Dennis right there, which is you know forthcoming, honest, um, a little funny. Um, he's he's keeping his sense of humor clearly in quarantine and everything else that's going on there. But um, you know, I, I think that when you and I talk about personalities that we deal with on a regular basis around sports clubs, all, you know, all, all in and out, mostly galaxy for me, but I hear all the stories you tell me about all the other teams too. Um, Dennis is sort of a, a rare breed whenever it comes to, to how forthcoming he seems to be. Yeah. And you know, I actually struggle a little bit dealing with Dennis uh, because, you know, when I'm going to interview somebody for the most part, I feel like I'm, it, it's, it's putting them out. They don't really want to talk to me. Um, you know, I'm going to ask questions. They realize it's going to go in the LA times. They don't want to uh, screw up. And it, it's kind of been that way in my career. I've dealt with a lot of general managers and, and players, but general managers 
you know, Larry Beinfest with the Florida Marlins and Ned Colletti with the Dodgers and all kinds of different sports. And I have to say Dennis is one of my favorite because Dennis is honest. He's forthright. He's friendly. And and I have to kind of get past that. I, I actually think Dennis enjoys talking to us, if you can believe that. <laughs> I, I think right. he enjoys it. You see the way he engages. And I think I have to maybe be a little bit more personable with him and not feel like I'm intruding because I do think he enjoys it. I mean, talking about his family and the spaghetti and everything else. And, and you get the impression that he's being very honest, too. I remember, not in this interview, but in other times, asking him questions that I just totally expected a no comment or we're not going to talk about that. And and Dennis gave me an answer about what he's thinking. And, you know, for somebody in the media, uh, that's golden because we don't want to run down a rabbit hole and chase rumors that aren't true. And, and Ned Coletti was a guy when he was with the Dodgers that was very good about saying things like, do you believe that? Does that sound like something smart that we would want to do? That was his way of right. saying don't follow that. Dennis is kind of the yeah. same way. He'll tell you where everything is and then and give you the ammunition to figure it out for yourself. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, he, he was great. And by the way, uh, super easy uh, in terms of uh, getting him on the show. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't like this big, long, wild goose chase that uh, that Kevin and I went on. Kevin was great uh, with setting that up. So we're glad that we could have Dennis on. And like I said, the second time, Dennis was actually a guest on our 700th show that we did, our big extravaganza where I wore a tuxedo. Um, I'm thinking this Thursday there will be no tuxedo, but uh, there's a possibility that we might have an end of April party because why not um so we're working on that and if that all comes together we're of course we'll clue everybody in but kevin i wanted to get to a couple things um and what and i'm sure kevin the baxter uh, the the panda himself probably is asking why an end of april party and the answer is just because um because we're all in quarantine and this is all starting to drive us a little crazy it could be a may first party it it could be a may first party i mean it won't be but it, it could be um, so anyway, so that's, that's sort of where we sit. I, I wanted to get to this one thing and this has been popping up and I've been getting the questions and, you know, normally at this time of the year, um, first of all, just a couple days away from the primary transfer window actually closing for major league soccer on May 5th. Um, whatever that means at this point, it doesn't mean much, but that May 5th transfer window is coming up, but usually there's transfer rumors, especially, you know, as the, as the main European leagues start to wind down their seasons and get towards the end of June. And you understand the contracts usually run through June 30th, uh, around most of the world. Uh, there starts to be rumors, but there's names that are currently being linked to the LA galaxy that are of, uh, uh, giant proportions. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo, we talked about, I think on Thursday with, uh, with the hammer, um, and whether or not he could possibly come to the LA galaxy. Uh, Jaimez Rodriguez has, yeah, is that guy go good? Is he good? He, I've heard I've heard he's okay. He can play. Okay. Uh you know, he's 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 not bad. Uh as I'm sure the hammer would attest to. Uh so yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo, Jaimez Rodriguez right now, um, being linked with the LA Galaxy and Gonzalo Iguain. All of these are various, I say, quote unquote, linked to the LA Galaxy. Let's not pretend like I think any of these are, you know, factual currently as it is, but it's certainly raising the question of, you know, who the LA Galaxy could possibly go to. It was one of the reasons I wanted to ask Dennis about, you know, Christian Pavone is understanding where they want to spend the money and where they don't want to spend the money. And you heard Dennis talking about the financial health of the LA Galaxy as well and how every team has been impacted negatively uh, in this way. And so what, you know, what is the reduction in all of these prices going to be? Is Does that mean that it could be affordable for Major League Soccer? I just, I mean, what, what do we think of whenever we hear Cristiano Ronaldo and Jaimez Rodriguez and Gonzalo Higuain and the, their possibility of, of coming to the LA Galaxy? 
Well, I, it's really interesting. It's strange times, and I think Dennis mentioned that. We've never been through this before. You ask him about what is he seeing from other teams and what is the blueprint. Again, nothing like this has ever happened before. And so I, I'm of two minds. First of all, with the Galaxy, unlike any other team in MLS, you can never discount anybody because, again, we'll go back to what makes sense for most teams. The Galaxy is different. Would you have ever thought, that Steven Gerrard would come here, that Zlatan would, David Beckham would come here, Robbie Keane. All, all these names that you throw out that came here, if you had just as a rumor, someone said to you, is Robbie Keane going to come to the Galaxy? You would say no, and then there he is. So you can't discount any of that, but it is a, an unusual time. On one hand, you know, the Galaxy, their money comes from AEG. That's an entertainment company. They're not putting on any concerts. They're not doing any events right now. They don't have a lot of, they're not making money. They don't have money to spend. So that's one uh, on one side. On the other hand, this is a very unique opportunity. As Dennis said, some players uh, going to teams in Europe, uh, that what they were asking for in January, they're asking for 75% less now. Uh, if you can get an Iguain or a James Rodriguez, you know, on the cheap, do you go into huge debt to do that? You know, maybe you do. Um, uh, so there are opportunities out there, but there are, are things that work against it. Um, one thing that to, to look at, too, is a lot of these European teams are losing a ton of money. And you've heard about players having to give back their salaries. And a lot of teams in Spain, for example, having their salaries cut already and, and, and people going on furloughs. These teams need, need money. And if uh, if a team were to think to say James Rodriguez is worth, I don't know, just to figure out $10 million, and the Galaxy said, we'll give you five. You know what? They might take it now because five million is better than nothing, and they have a lot of debt. So I think there's opportunities out there. I'm not saying these guys are coming because the Galaxy—they're in the same boat. They don't have a lot of money either. But if a team were 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 really wanted to be aggressive, risk going into debt, they might be able to pick up a player at cut rate price. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's 35. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain, um, an Argentine, which of course any Argentine is automatically uh, a, a sort of uh, position to possibly go to the LA Galaxy, the yeah, Boca yeah, Juniors of the North. A, they're talking to Maradona now too. Yeah, all all the Argentines. All the Argentines, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're they're all coming. Um, but you know, uh, uh Gonzalo Higuain. This was one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is one uh, with Iguain that it seems like um, Guillermo Barrascoloto actually mentioned and sort of sort of keyed this all off. Whether or not that's true or not true is is certainly uh, left it. But he was in the River Plate uh, Youth Club and he played for River, so you know the uh, the the opponents there of uh, Boca Juniors. Uh, Jaimez Rodriguez was the one that everybody sort of was like, "Hey, wait a minute, that's." That's a ridiculous sort of thing. At 28 years old, you're talking about the prime earning years of his career, Kevin. But could he come to the L.A. Galaxy? He possibly could. A Colombian uh, currently owned by Real Madrid. He's on loan to uh, Bayern Munich. Um, so he's a uh, he. I mean, you're talking about of all these three, certainly you could say Cristiano Ronaldo would have the biggest effect on the L.A. Galaxy. It wouldn't surprise anybody uh, to see the you know, stadiums filled. It would be uh, the second coming of David Beckham um, and probably even. I'm going to say this, Kevin, in my mind, it may be even more popular just because of the popularity of soccer now within the United States has grown since David Beckham has been here. But if Cristiano Ronaldo suddenly showed up at Dignity Health Sports Park, he wouldn't be able to get a ticket for the next two years. But, you know, Uh, my my money on Ronaldo is if he comes MLS, he goes to Miami. I think he has a very good relationship with David Beckham. Miami, I mean, let's face it, Miami is more of a Ronaldo kind of town. Um, if, if we're looking and talking about, hey, you know, if you're willing to take a gamble, you can get somebody. They have DP spots open in Miami. Um, they have money to spend. 
I see him going there. That's the other thing with James Rodriguez is it, as well. You have to look at where's the DP spot going to come from. But in the case of James, if Real Madrid wanted to sell him, he's on loan, as you said, to Bayern Munich. He's not playing a lot in Bayern for Bayern. He's not at all, you know, it's not like Real Madrid then has to fill a spot. They don't have him on their roster now. Right. That could be a way for them to pick up some money. But then, as you said, a 28-year-old guy, he is playing at Bayern Munich, he's playing in the Bundesliga. Uh, you know, he's a very talented player with a World Cup pedigree. Um, if the Galaxy were to come up with 5 to $10 million, that sounds like a real stretch. you got to think a team in Europe, even a poor team, uh, uh, would be able to come up with that much money for a guy like him. So I, I think all of these are a stretch, but... Again, we're talking about the galaxy, and we're talking about unusual times. We've never been through this before, and we're talking about a very aggressive uh, general manager in Dennis DeClosa. I'm not saying it's gonna it's gonna happen, but I'm definitely not saying it's not gonna happen. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, I, you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask Dennis, and we didn't get to it, and that's fine because you know I always write like 30 it's questions only for half everybody. Hour. Yeah, I was gonna say if we wanna, it could be the Dennis DeClosa show here pretty soon um, yeah. if if he keeps up that way. But you know, one of the questions I want to ask, I go, is there a name too big for the LA Galaxy? Because and and Kevin, you touched on it. Um, I don't think that there's such a thing as a name too big for the LA Galaxy. You could take you know the prime star in his prime years over in Europe and say, would it be impossible for the LA Galaxy to land this person, Kevin? And you and I would probably have to say, listen, it's very, very, very unlikely, but impossible. That's not that's not a thing uh, within the AEG world or the LA Galaxy world. Yeah, I mean, if again, if they're willing to go into debt to do this, and and uh, you know, with, especially with Bruce Arena, because and Dennis is be- beginning to show some of that magic too. Bruce Arena was so great at moving the pieces around and creating DP spots and moving money around and and pushing right up against the envelope of some of those rules. Um, yeah, you, you would go broke real fast betting against the galaxy. And I, I'll just go back. I remember sitting in a, I was uh, on assignment in Arizona in a hotel room, and someone called me and said the galaxy are getting Steven Gerrard, and I just laughed. And I hung up, and a half hour later, the Galaxy had Steven Gerrard. So uh, I yeah. don't discount them at all anymore. I was going to say, it didn't turn out well for uh, for Steven Gerrard, uh, and or, but uh, that's okay. That's it's still it wasn't about. Um, he sold a ton of tickets, boy. He, he he sold a ton of tickets, and it was a gamble that uh, you know. And I've said it many times. If you ask me, hey Josh, you can sign Steven Gerrard to the LA Galaxy. Are you going to do it? Yes. It, it's okay. And, let me think. And, uh-huh. Yep. Uh huh. And Zalatan, I remember we were after that one yeah. for three years, so that wasn't much of a surprise. But, I mean, again, you know, I just – Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole's coming to the Galaxy, really the greatest right back no. in the history of oh, – the greatest left back in the history of uh, the English national team. He shows up. Nigel DeYoung comes at the same time. They get both those guys at the same time. I mean, come on. It's just insane. Robbie oh. Keane was the, the guy who really made the Beckham deal work. Um, uh, the, the names, you just keep going. Chicharito, you know. Who thought Chicharito was coming? It seemed you obvious. Did. No, yeah, I did. <laughs> it seemed obvious, but no one could make it work, and then all, now he's here. Well, it's uh, it's an interesting time again. Uh, hopefully, Dennis shines some light on uh, everything that's currently going on around uh, MLS and the LA Galaxy. Uh, always some great insight there from Dennis. So glad that he could be he on there, Kevin. Hungry. He made me hungry. <laughs> I know. I know it is probably time to to, to go eat, so it's uh, it's one of those things. Uh, but yeah, I, anything else, Kevin? You want to get to, or, or we should no, probably just was- shut this episode down. It should be the Dennis DeClosa show. It'd be much more entertaining than us. Yeah, I was going to say, probably get better numbers too. So uh, a big thank you to Dennis DeClosa coming on to this uh, show and uh, for for main uh, for headlining this show. Uh, Kevin, you and I are openers and closers at this point. Uh, you know, the real meat of the show there was Dennis. So uh, a big thanks to Dennis uh, for coming on. All right, Kevin, you good? I'm good. Let's do this. All right. 
All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. And then please head on over to the LATimes.com. Usually Kevin writes about soccer. Sometimes he writes about rocks and beaches. So you want to cover that as well. LATimes.com at KBaxter11. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGESMAN, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Have up to date on the LA Galaxy, um, coronavirus, and everything else in between. All right, that does it for Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter. I'm Josh Pato Guestman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on CornerTheGalaxy.com. Have a great one. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on CornerOfTheGalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.